0: Hallelujah. I think this microphone's a little hot, so we can bring it down. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter one. Joshua is a a book of change. The first five books were written by the same guy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And then we get over to Joshua and there is a change that takes place. We have a change in an author. We have a change of pace. We have a change in people. And God is wanting to institute some change this morning. Tonight or this morning, I don't really have a title, but I want to talk about change today. I want to talk about change. You know, the saying change is good. (laughs) Change is good. Well, change isn't always good. (laughs) Change isn't always good. And there's some points that I want you to see before we read. Our text today, because um, I've learned this, that things are always changing. Things are always changing, and I want you to see this today. Sometimes we feel like uh, if we don't, if we leave something alone or if we don't do anything about it, it won't change. But I don't believe that's true. I believe things are always changing, and I believe that there are two types of change. Number one, things are always changing, but I believe that there are two types of change that take place in the world today. Progression and digression. Progression and digression. It's either getting better or it's getting worse. We're either moving forward or we're moving backward. I don't believe that anything in our life just simply stands still if we don't do anything about it. I don't believe that our marriages just stay in the place that they are if we don't work to progress them and work to move them forward. I don't believe that our careers and our jobs stay the way that they are and the influence that we have in those places if we aren't working to move it forward. I don't believe that our finances stay the way they are. I believe we are always either progressing in life or digressing in life. We are either making something better or it's getting worse. I don't believe that it just stands still. And so change is a funny thing. We say change is always good, but I don't believe it's always good. I believe that things always have the potential to be better. I believe anything in our lives, every area of our lives always has the potential to be better than what it is today. Your marriage can be better. Your finances can be better. Your walk with God can be better. Your spiritual growth can be better. We can always look to make things better. Now, I'm not talking about an unhealthy dissatisfaction with life. There are times where we have to look back on God's faithfulness. We have to see where he has progressed us. We have to see where we have gotten better. I'm not talking about just being dissatisfied with everything around you. But I don't believe that most people in the world today are even in a position where I can even where that's even an option. I believe that most people know that it can be better and they just simply haven't done anything to make it better. So if if you're in this room today and you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm satisfied with where it's at. That's great. I, I'm not telling you to go and dissect things and look for problems. If we're moving forward and we're growing, then great. But I think that there's always this this this. We, we have to take a look at our lives. We have to take a look at every aspect of our lives and we have to identify, is there a way I can make it better? Is it progressing or is it digressing? And, and we've had this thing in our minds that if we just leave it alone, it'll stay the same. But that doesn't happen. Just because you said I love you to your wife yesterday doesn't mean you don't have to say it today. Just because you said I do with the altar doesn't mean you say I don't for the rest of your life. Just because we saved up money yesterday doesn't mean we don't have to save in the future. Just because uh, we went to church last week doesn't mean we don't go to church next week. Just because we read our Bible yesterday doesn't mean we don't keep reading our Bible. You see what I'm saying? There's a progression that is always taking place. And we always have to be looking at what is progressing and what is digressing. But the change is up to us. The change is up to us. Here's what I've realized. Things change no matter what I do. Things change no matter what I do. It's, uh, and here's the change that I'm talking about. I don't want you to think of change as it gets better. Because change can also mean it got worse. It could have changed from being bad to worse. So things change no matter what I do. But what I do... Determines the change that I see. What does that mean? The what I do, the work that I put towards it determines if I see progression or digression. If I want to progress at anything in my life, I've just come to realize this. It takes work. Come on, marriages take work. Taking care of your, your financial life takes work. Uh, going up in the company takes work. Being a good employee and, and continuing to pursue all that God has for you takes work. Growing in your spiritual walk takes work. You don't always want to read your Bible. You don't always want to pray. You don't always want to go to church. You don't always want to do the right thing. You don't always want to. So it takes Work, And a lot of times it takes hard work. And the people that progress in life today are the ones that have set their minds. They have resolved themselves that I am going to work as hard as I have to to achieve what God has placed in front of me. It takes work. Things are always changing. Change isn't always good. Things are changing no matter what I do. But if I want things to move forward, I have to work at it. Things Don't just change for the better just because things don't just become better in our lives automatically there's no i 'll just walk away from it and leave it alone and see if it gets better you don 't walk away from your marriage and it gets better it gets worse you don 't walk away from your finances and quit being uh, 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 financially applicable in your life and see them get better you don 't walk away from your job and, and, and do a uh, 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 go into it with a lazy ass and say well you know if they want to give me the promotion they 'll give it to me. it doesn 't work that way you work at it you show some initiative you take some control with the thing and you say i 'm going Going to work to see this thing progress rather than digress I want to see this thing move forward rather than backwards and so here in Joshua chapter 1 we are confronted with change we see some change we see some change what's taking place well up to this point God has uh, sent Moses the deliverer into ...Egypt to deliver his people, the Israelites, from over 400 years of slavery and bondage. And Moses does half of it. How many you know, sometimes uh, uh, getting out of one thing and getting into the next thing isn't always the same. And we all go through wilderness periods in transition... We all go through moments where you're stuck in between. You're excited that you came out of one thing, but you're still having to apply faith to reach for the next thing. Come on. God has delivered you from one thing, but you're still having to apply something to get into the next area. And so Moses was able to deliver his God's people out of Egypt from slavery. But now we're in a wilderness and what Only should have taken them but a couple weeks has taken them 40 years of wandering around in a wilderness. God did not say, I'm going to, to give you. He did not go to Abraham thousands of years before and say, I'm going to give you the wilderness. No, he said, I'm going to give you Canaan. I'm going to give you the promised land. Until you see what God has promised you, don't wander around. Don't give up. Sometimes we become satisfied with just getting out of the mess, but not walking into the next phase that God has for us. And we get stuck in the transitional period. We get stuck in between. We get stuck in that, that, that little area. And, and, and many of us are wandering around and spending way too much time there than we're supposed to be. Forty years. Forty years. They wandered around a mountain. Forty years. They wandered around a wilderness. I'm not even 40 years old yet. I'm only 31. They still had nine more years on me. There were children that were born in the wilderness that grew up, matured in this process. I mean, I I want you to grasp how sad this is. And it wasn't because God didn't give it to them. It wasn't because God left them. It wasn't because God wasn't with them. It wasn't because God said, uh, I'm waiting for something. It wasn't because God said, I'm holding this back from you. Uh, It's a mystery, but I'll give it to you when I'm ready to give it to you. No, they should have gone straight in. But because of their attitude, because of their unbelief, because of their grumbling and their complaining, they did not enter into the promised land. And so Joshua chapter one shows up and we see a change. A change takes place. And I think that there are some principles that we can pull out of here that can identify how we can grow and change for good. Not for bad, for good change for the better. How can we progress rather than digress? How we How can we move forward rather than back up? How can we advance rather than fall away. And verse one says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Period. He doesn't go on a big rant of how awesome Moses was. He doesn't, you know, talk about all the awesome stuff that happened in the wilderness. And look, there were some great things that happened there. There were some miracles. There were some signs. There were some wonders. You know, honestly, I I think that we can all attest that we have seen God move in our lives and we didn't do anything to make it happen. It was just simply by his grace and his mercy. You actually had a bad attitude and he still came through for you. You were actually complaining, and he still brought ravens to bring you meat at night. You were complaining. You were going to, going to bed thinking, There's, I'm, I'm going to die out here. I should have just gone back to Egypt. You're going to wake up with manna on the ground. But notice that didn't last forever. God moved for them in the wilderness, showed up for them, and they didn't have one lick of faith for them. In fact, Moses was the one carrying the whole, I mean, we're talking about a million people. We're not talking like just a few people. We're not talking like 300 people. We're talking like this. This is a million people that God pulled out, went across the Red Sea, parting Red Seas, you know, bringing dinner, bringing breakfast, doing all these things, opening up rocks and pouring out water. I mean, just constantly showing himself faithful. And they didn't do anything for it. Signs and wonders just happening left and right. But now they're getting ready to enter into a season where they're going to have to work for it. Now they're getting ready to enter into a season where if you're going to continue to advance, you're going to do something. You are going to apply everything you learned. And he says here, Moses, my servant, is dead. And that verse used to bother me a lot. Because Moses did a lot, man. I mean, Moses, Moses put up with a lot. Sure, he missed it. He shouldn't have struck the, the rock when, when God told him to speak to it. He shouldn't have. And that's when God said, quit asking me about the promised land. You're not going in. You can't do it. It's amazing how we have to be obedient to God in everything that He calls us to do, everything He tells us to do. You don't know what you're tearing up tomorrow for what you're doing today. But He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And, and, and that, that, that sounds like God's just moving on. But He actually gives Moses the greatest. Call the the greatest, highest level of, of observance that he could. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Look, to be looked upon as God's servant, that's no small thing. My servant, my servant. But all in all, God here is, is trying to make a statement. He's saying, we're moving forward. We're not looking behind. We're not looking behind us. We are moving forward into everything that God has called us to do. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them. The children of Israel. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving them. God has already promised them a land. God has already given them something. God has already shown them. I have a land for you. I got somewhere. I'm taking you. I'm moving you forward. And now we're going across this thing. Look at the words that he gives Joshua here. Verse three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread. Upon I have given you, as I said to Moses, every place. you got to know that the things that you're moving into isn't uncharted territory. You haven't been there yet, but God has. He's already marked it off and He's already says, it's yours. Sometimes the, the, the thing that shies us away, the thing that scares us from changing, the thing that keeps us from moving forward is because uh, it's uncomfortable. We don't know what it looks like. But you need to know today that God has already called you to move into the thing that you don't know about. He's already given you access to it. It's your promised land. It's your promised land. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you from the wilderness And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you. No man. You need to know that today. You need to be encouraged by that today. No man shall be able to stand before you. When God says something about your life, He promises it. I heard a quote this last week that God doesn't make predictions. He makes promises. He's not just telling the future. He's letting them know, I've got something great for you. I've got a plan for you. For good and not for evil. To bless you, a plan and a future of hope. Why do we have so many hopeless people in the world? It's because we're looking at what we have rather than where God's called us to be. We've gotten stuck in the wilderness. There's no hope in the wilderness. There's no hope in the wilderness. That's the area you go through to get into what God has promised you. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. What's he saying? I did it before and I can do it again. I've done it before. And I'll do it again. I showed up before. And I'll show up again. I was with you in the wilderness. And I'll be with you in the promised land. I showed you that I can make it happen. I parted the Red Sea. I called water to come out of the rock. And now we're getting ready to go in. There's giants. There's nations. There's great nations. There's enemies. There's people sitting up all in your stuff. But I'm going with you and before you. And you will overcome just like I overcame before. Just as I was with Moses. So I am with you. I will not leave you. Nor forsake you. In four times we see this. Be strong and of good courage. Why? Because where you're about to go is about to test your strength. And it's about to test your courage. Because progression is not for the weak. Progression is not for the weak. A better marriage is not for the weak. Better finances is not for the weak. Standing in the face of turmoil and tragedy is not for the weak. You've got to be strong and you've got to be of good courage to continue to advance and go into, possess what God has called you to. Be strong and of good courage, he says. For to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers. To give them. Inheritance means it already belongs to you. This is all past tense. This is all, it's already yours. This is all, it's already been given to you. This is all, I've already promised it to you. It's not the promised land, ISE, it's the promised land, ISED, past tense, it's already yours. Verse 7 Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Moses was giving laws. Moses was giving commands in the wilderness. And now God is bringing that to remembrance. He's saying everything you learned in the wilderness, now you've got to put it to practice. You don't learn something without there being a test. You don't learn something. You don't graduate without being tested that you know the knowledge that was given in the previous level. You don't get to 10th grade without being tested out of 9th grade. If you want to progress, there's going to be testing. If you want to progress in life, there will be testing. To do what? To do what was learned in the previous level. If you can apply that, then we can get into the promised land. He says, be strong and of good courage. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Prosper. God wants us to prosper wherever we go. We can prosper even in the midst of trial. We can prosper even in the midst of testing. He says, wherever you go. He doesn't say, so you'll prosper just in the good times. He says, you'll prosper wherever you go. You'll prosper. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. The book was given to be spoken, to be read, and to be done. The law was given so you could speak it, so you could meditate in it, read it, study it, and then apply it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Look, God is telling him this. God is telling Joshua this because he's going to get into moments where it's going to seem like God has left. He's going to get into moments where he's going to feel weak. He's going to get into moments where he doesn't feel very courageous, very brave. He's going to get into moments where he doesn't feel like progressing. He's going to feel like retreating and falling back and digressing. That's why he's making these statements. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself preparation always precedes progression preparation always precedes progression you don't move forward until you've prepared yourself and preparation time is never wasted time preparation time is never wasted time but preparation always comes before progression. You don't progress in your marriage unless you have prepared yourself to be the right spouse. You don't progress in your finances unless you've prepared yourself. What am I saying? Progression takes hard work. That's why we don't see things change a lot of times. Is because we, don't just, we just don't want to put in the work. I remember there was, uh, uh, Pastor Earl always gives us this story that when he was at Ramah, he had an assignment where he had to call another pastor that had already been in ministry for some time. And he had to call them and, you know, just ask them some questions about pastoral ministry. And this pastor, I think he has said, had been in ministry for at least 20 years, if not longer. And he said, in the 20 years, we never broke 100. In 20 years, they had remained in the same building, same place the entire time. And he said this, he said, you know, honestly, I just, I just don't think I'm willing to put in the same work that Brother Hagan put in. I'm just not willing to stay up as late as Brother Hagan did praying. I'm just not willing to stay up all night reading my Bible like Kenneth E. Hagin did. Kenneth E. Hagin would stay up an entire night reading his Bible. His son remembers going to bed, seeing him in the chair reading his Bible, waking up the next morning in the same position. Still reading his Bible. Why? Because it takes hard work. He said, I just, you know, I I guess, you know, I'm just not willing to sacrifice as much as Brother Hagin did. Change doesn't happen by accident, guys. Change doesn't happen because you just think about it. Change doesn't just happen because you have an idea. You know how many ideas are in people's minds that never come to fruition? How many times have we seen someone come up with an invention and we say, man, I had an idea for that. (laughs) I thought of that. I remember my best friend in uh, high school. And his dad had, he was the one that had the idea to put the little uh, uh, diaper changing, baby changing things in, in restrooms. That we see today that has a little teddy bear or whatever, a koala bear on it or whatever it is. I've had to use them a few times. And every time I do, I think of him, I say, your dad had this idea. Well, what happened? Somebody acted on it. Somebody acted on it. Somebody did something with it. Somebody put in the hard work to make it happen. Somebody paid a price. Somebody made a financial sacrifice to get this thing out. And now they're reaping. Now they're reaping off of it. It's amazing what happens when we work. Hard work. Hard work. See, the wilderness can seem like hard work. It can seem like, I mean, they were getting wore out. Weren't they getting wore out? You don't grumble and complain when everything's going good, you grumble and complain with everything's falling apart. They were wore out. It's tiring. And getting nothing accomplished. It's tiring. To feel like you're moving forward, but nothing's changing. Well, maybe we need to ask ourselves, are we really moving forward or are we just going in circles? Are we really advancing or are we just going around the same mountain? Did we get to the promised land, spy it out and say, oh, that's too big. Because that's what the Israelites did. They got to the promised land. They got to see it. They sent in spies. They got to go in there and see all the goodness. And they came back and said, man, it's even better than God has described it. It's even better. They even brought back fruit so big they had to carry it on branches. They had, to, they had to bring it in on poles. They said, look at this stuff. This is amazing. But there's just one problem. There's people in there. <laughs> there's giants in the land. We're just grasshoppers to them. Well, that was their perspective, not God's perspective. God didn't see grasshoppers against giants. He didn't even see them as giants. He said, I've already given you this land. You've got to go in and possess it. You've got to do the hard work to change it. I can tell you there's some change that went on with those Israelites, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Because they still had a slavery mentality. Many times we're trying to possess the new land with the mindset of the old land. We're trying to take on new land with, with, with the same mindset that kept us in bondage for over 400 years. We've got to, we got to strip our minds and that we have to renew our minds. They were freed on the outside, but they never became free in their minds. Never became free in their minds. So they didn't see themselves as being able to attack those giants and, and overtake them. They saw themselves as slaves. They saw themselves as people that have always had to do what someone else told them to do. They saw themselves as people that were always in bondage to another nation. And as long as they were in the wilderness by themselves, one nation, they were fine. But going on to try to overtake another nation, we don't know anything about overtaking nations because all that we've known is being dominated by another nation. We had to get rid of that. Pass through the camp, verse 11 says, and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days. Man, when God wants to move, he wants to move. He says, we've wasted enough time out here. You've had 40 years to get yourselves together. You haven't been able to do it. So you got three days. In three days, we're going in and we're taking this land. In three days, we're crossing that river that we've been walking up against and saying, oh, I I, I can't do it. In, In three days, we're getting across this thing. When God wants to move, he wants to move. And he doesn't waste any time. Three days you will cross over to the Jordan to go in to possess the land which your Lord God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half, the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest. Come on. They were weary. They were tired wandering around. But it was time for them to come in to rest. Look, it may be hard work to get there, but God wants to give you rest once you get there. God wants you to rest. God wants your heart at peace. He wants your mind at rest. He doesn't want you concerned. He doesn't want you anxious. He doesn't want you worried. He wants you to be at peace and at rest. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed. All your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. See, in the world, people work for stuff and they never get to enjoy it. But when God gives it to you, you get to enjoy it. You get to enjoy the work of your hands. You get to enjoy the sacrifice you've made. There's a sacrifice. It's hard work. But I tell you what, it pays off. You get rest and you get to enjoy it in the promised land. Which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answer, Joshua, saying, all that you command us, we will do and wherever you send us, we will go just as we heeded Moses and all things. So we will heed you. Only the Lord, your God will be uh, only the Lord, your God be with you as he was with Moses, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. I tell you what, there's a heavy price to pay to not enter into what God has called us to do. There's a lot that you give up to enter into the promised land, but you give up even more if you don't. You lose your purpose. You lose your life. I'm not talking about death physically. I'm talking about a separation from the purpose, God. There are things that die off in your life. When we don't choose to pursue everything he's called us to. When we don't choose to progress, we digress. And in digression is death. The end of digression is always death. But progressing in life always brings life. Progressing and moving forward always brings us life. It always pays out in life God wants us to be living. God wants us to be active. God wants us to be productive. We talked about this with our men on Friday night. Living means active, effective, and productive. See, when you're alive, not only do you change, but you change things. Because living things change, living things grow. Dying things don't change anything. Dying things don't change. Dying things die. They're dead. Dead means ineffective. Dead means unproductive. A dead tree does not produce anything. But a tree that is alive gives fruit away. It produces fruit that now helps other people live. See, the change is not just about you. It's about who you are called to change around you. The change isn't about you. The change isn't about you. Us deciding to progress, us deciding to move forward, us deciding to change, can change lives around us. Changing your marriage might change someone else's marriage. Changing your finances might help you change somebody else financially. Changing your finances isn't just about you uh, being able to buy anything you want and having all the money you want. There's someone that God wants you to bless financially. But we're stuck in this digression hole with our finances where we can't bless anybody because we can't even bless ourselves. I mean, you're saying, man, if I had a hundred dollars, I'd put it in my right hand. And I'd shake my left hand with it and give myself a hundred bucks. I would forget shaking your hand. I shake my own hand. I'll bless myself. But no, God wants us to be able to think beyond that. But we're not progressing because progression takes change, takes work. Hard work. Sacrifice. Look, I'm living this out right now with this church. There are things that God is wanting us to move forward in, but it's just going to take hard work. People aren't just going to walk through the door. They're going to be led by the Spirit. And it's up to them whether they stay or whether they go. That's not up to me. But there's work that we can do. There's work involved. There's things that we got to do to present ourselves and give people an opportunity to grow in this place and to see change in this place. And that's what I'm called to do as a pastor. That's what I'm called to do is help people change. Because I want to see people progress in life, not digress. I want to see people move forward, not backward. I want to see people have more, not less. I want to see people walk into everything that God has for them. Because I'm, I know this, that we can't even comprehend all that God has for us. We can't. I, could, I can't even fathom what the vision of this church is supposed to look like. I try. I try. But I know it's bigger than anything I can picture because that's what God said he would do. He says that he will give you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. The problem is a lot of us aren't asking or thinking. It does not say God will give you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you complain about. See, a lot of times we're talking to God about our problems and just grumbling and complaining about it. God, you see this. God, you see this. God, you see I don't have any money. God, you see I don't, I don't have enough to do this. I don't have enough to do that. You, you, you see what my marriage looks like. You see what my husband looks like. You see what my wife looks like. You see what this. And we just complain to him about it. And he's, he's saying, talk about it the way you want it to look like. Ask and think. Ask and think. We only think about what it currently looks like. We don't think about what we want it to look like. What what, what would that marriage look like? Think about it. Spend time just thinking about, man, if I had the perfect marriage, this is what it would look like. Because now you're giving God something to work with. What would it look like if you had no financial issues, that all debt was paid off and you were uh, completely caught up and you were able to bless other people? What would that look like? Do you ever spend time thinking about that? Every time I see the lottery thing, you know, every time I pass a billboard, I spend from that time until I get to my next destination, I just think about what would I do with $146 million? Or whatever it says. Every week it's different. And sometimes I see it go down. It's like, oh, you're trying to, It was 146 last week. Now you want me to think what 4 million looks like. Well, I got that covered because I already did 146. This is easy. Give me something better than that. But I think about it. Why? Because I don't want to think about where I'm at today. I don't want to just be stuck in where I'm at today because I know this, that even though I may feel like I'm stuck in something today, I'm only moving backwards if I'm not changing it to go forward. Because things are always changing. For Joshua, even though we want to think, you know, this, you know, sometimes we just don't depict things really the way the Bible presents it. Because the very first battle Joshua comes up on is a city that is so fortified, nobody gets in, nobody goes out. I mean, you don't just walk into this place. There is a wall, so thick that they can have chariot races on the top of this thing. Why? Why did God? Why did God pick the fortified city to be first? Why did we pick one that was easy? Maybe just a little, just a little city, just a little town. Like pick, this, pick the town that doesn't even have a Walmart. I want to take that city first. Let me work my way up. No, you pick the one that's like, it, 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 it's so tough that not even armies can go in. I mean, this town is literally built to keep people out. The promised land. Jericho. And I want to let you know, it's going to take hard work. It was fight after fight after fight. I mean, by the time you get to end of Joshua, if, I mean, if you read it, you'll feel tired, man, just reading it. You feel like, Joshua, what in the world, man? It's just battle after battle after battle. Well, what did God tell him? Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and and of good courage. Why? Because you're going to come up and uh, come, you're going to come up on some cities that they're not going to want to hand over their stuff. I said a couple weeks ago, the kingdom of God does not get invited. It doesn't get invited. We're not here because someone asked us to be here. No, it's called a takeover. This world uh, uh, doesn't belong to the devil, even though he's in control of it. Doesn't belong to him. It's up to you and I to take it over little by little. And we don't wait for them to ask us to come in. We don't wait for uh, uh, arts and entertainment to ask us to come in and, hey, we, we want to we you know, have some Christians in on this thing. And if you've noticed, they're working really hard to get us out. They're building up walls around schools so we can't keep, so we can't get God in there. You can't even take a Bible in there. You can't talk about God. There's no teacher that has the liberty to talk about God. Yet they can talk about every other religion. Can't talk about God. They're pushing us out. Well, what are we going to do? Are we just going to give in to the world and say, well, I guess we'll just go to heaven. Or are we going to progress this thing? Are we going to move forward this thing? Are we going to advance in this thing? Look, in your, in, in, in your lives, in your marriages, in your homes, in your finances, in your jobs, in your careers, is the devil trying to squeeze you out? Well, you're going to have to stand your ground. You're going to have to stand up against some stuff. You're going to have to be strong and of good courage. And then you're probably going to have to do some things that sound stupid. You're going to have to do some unconventional things. God tells Joshua, here's what I want you to do with that city. I want you to walk around it. What? What? Yeah, I want you to walk around it. Every day for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven times. And then on the last time, I want you to shout. And Just picture, Joseph, just picture Joshua. He's probably thinking, Okay, all right. Walk around it every day for six days. And on the seventh day, walk around it we walk around it seven times on the seventh day and then we shout okay got that keep going where, where's the part where we pull out our swords and where's the part where we tear down the gates and God says oh no that, that's all okay that just makes them look like a bunch of fools <laughs> that doesn't bring walls down that doesn't give us victory that doesn't help us overcome That doesn't help us take the land. I mean, sure, I mean, we can do that, God. We'll do whatever He asks us to do, but I don't understand where the fighting comes into play. I don't, I mean, look, at least, you know, let us just take some hammers and some pickaxes and just start going to town on this wall. I mean, that would at least do something. I don't understand what you're asking us to do. Sometimes when God wants you to take something over, He wants you to do it in a way where He gets all the glory. Taking the promised land isn't about you. Taking the, having the money isn't about you. Having the perfect marriage isn't about you. Having the perfect family isn't about you. Moving up in the corporation isn't about you. It's about God getting the glory. God wants the glory for moving you forward. God is the one that wants to progress us, advance us, and move us into everything he has for us. God wants the glory. And so he's going to ask us to do some things that maybe don't sound like the way something should get done. But all he asked us to do was be strong. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. Obey the law. Meditate in it day and night. And do it. Apply it. What's that mean? Anything I tell you to do, just do it. Whatever I call you to do, just do it. God wants us to progress in some things today, guys. God wants us to move forward, not backward. And and, and even though we may think that, you know, look, everything's okay. I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm not going to touch it. It doesn't stay that way. It takes work. It takes commitment. And it takes dedication to what God has called us to do. There's never a point where I become satisfied. There's never a point where I become satisfied. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that I'm dissatisfied. I just don't get myself in a place where I'm just content with the way it is. I'm always looking. I'm always dissecting. I'm always looking within my life and saying, how can this get better? How can we move forward? God, what's the next level? God, what's the next thing? As long as you're on this planet, God wants to move you forward. As long as you're here in the earth, God wants you to progress. There's never a point in your life where he says, okay, now it's okay to digress. No, he's always wanting us to move forward. What's the next thing? There's something bigger. There's something better. Because what you do today will impact somebody tomorrow. What you do today will change somebody's life tomorrow. It's bigger than us, guys. It's bigger than this building. It's bigger than who's in this house. It's bigger than what your family looks like right now. It's bigger than that. You are making influence in areas you don't even know you're making influence yet. We have an opportunity to advance, advance, advance the kingdom of God. God wants to advance his kingdom in the earth. And it takes people that are willing to get behind that initiative. It takes people that are willing to lay down themselves, sacrifice themselves and be like Joshua. It's going to take work. It may be battle after battle after battle after battle. It may be. There will be seasons of rest. There will be seasons of, 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 of taking things on. But at the same time, God is wanting you to know that there is always a progression that he wants you to take there's always a progression he wants you to move with beauty forward. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you this morning that you are moving us